Hello everybody, this is Omega Kai and this week's a bit different so I'm gonna be doing this solo for now and let us start. And so far this past week, especially on Sunday yesterday, there's a first proper AEW pay-per-view. Guess what? It was a success overall. I'll tell you hits and misses but so far AEW has actually shown what WWE hasn't been doing lately which was provide a organic storyline. In my opinion, that's really what we, what's gravitates most wrestling fans towards wrestling. Organic storyline. How you feel, you know. How you should just boo or cheer whoever you like. And let's begin. First, it was during the pre-show. It was a 20-man casino battle royale. To be honest, this is one of those pre-shows where they've done the same thing last time. So it was pretty much a battle royale. And there's about 21 contestants with a one man who came out the end, I'll tell you later. He was pretty much the wild card, the joker. Hence, you know, all these, if you notice a lot of innuendos and stuff, it's really just casinos, gambling, poker playing, like doubling down or buy-ins, all that stuff. It's just really just, there's a motif right now. So, hence, it's, it's called double or nothing. Well, it was a 21 man battle royale. I'm just gonna read you the names. MJF, great heel by the way. He did a great antagonizing role. Crowd hate him, boo him, play a lot of dirty deeds, you know, kind of stuff. Dustin Thomas, Sunny Days, Brandon Cutler, Michael Nakazawa. And that's pretty much how they started out. And this was actually one of the funniest spots. I, I really don't know anything about Nakazawa, but he has this spot where it's much kind of like a Hakan in Street Fighter Ford. Or three five four, yeah, three five four. When they actually referenced it, it was like he put a lot of baby oil on himself, and people just like went crazy over it. And it's supposed to be a slippery technique, I guess. But in a way, it kind of backfired when he got thrown over the ropes and he slipped out. And then supposedly we have more coming in. You know, whoever the, the rule is kind of iffy for me. It's whoever, uh, whoever was it uh, suits been drawn, spades, clubs, and stuff. A group of people will come out. And when the next group that came out was Brian Pillman, Isaiah Cassidy, Jimmy Havoc, Joey Tanella, and Sean Spears. Of course, which is, you know, the perfect 10 himself just debuting. Uh, this one wasn't really much hype for me. I thought it'd be more hype seeing Spears finally being used as actually a wrestler. And I actually liked the thing we did the 10. Sign. So that was kind of homage that this is how it's actually done. And of course, there's some old timers that returned also. I'm speaking of uh, Glacier and Billy Gunn. Those were just the the nostalgia factor, especially Glacier. He's, he's kind of, uh, he still got it. He still has this Sub-Zero look, which I like, so kudos. And then we have Glacier, you know, with the next group was Glacier, Billy Gunn, Ace Romero, Mark Quinn, Sonny Kiss, Tommy Dreamer, Luchasaurus, which never seen him before. Gigantic big man. Very, very intimidating. And a name like Luchasaurus, you don't want to take seriously, but look at him as like, wow. He is like the combination of Raph and Morris. If you remember those WCW days. Marco Stunt. And the list goes on. Pretty much there's some good spots here. And of course, let me get to the 21st one, which is the wild card entrance. Adam Page. Of course, Adam Page currently and recently just wrestled Pac himself. It was an impromptu match. 
he flew over in England. And right now he's actually available to watch. I guess they couldn't come to a decision on what to do in the final you know, product for Double or Nothing. So they eventually just had the match just for fans, which is nice. I mean, you can't work things out, at least do something prior to give to the fans so they won't felt like they lost their money worth. And, and the result, Adam Page became the number one contender for the first AEW heavyweight champion. Pretty much he won. It was almost, I honestly felt like it was just a, a uh, stepping stone from a match, a giving match. They kind of want Adam Page to be the contender anyway, so this was the easiest way. I guess originally it was between him and Pac, but this was a good way too. But in a way, he just felt that Adam Page was going to win this one. Even though MJF kind of stole the show with all his antagonizing, his uh, casual, I'm a heel, hate me kind of thing. It's, it was still, it was obvious kind of, was uh, Adam Page out of the way. And thus begins the pay-per-view. The first match we have up was Sammy Guevara versus Kip Sabian. In my honest opinion, I have no familiarity with these guys, but I should have. I felt bad. I watched the match. It was one of the best match of the night. I'm surprised. It was like an early Kasarian versus AJ Styles match. Very, very good. Very high spots. A lot of flips. A lot of, you know, tricks, springboards. Great kicks ahead. Rope flips. Wow, it was... It was kind of early TNA, but it, it really felt that these young guys had a lot of talent. So you expect to see a lot of great things coming from these two. But, you know, okay, and let me tell you the winner first. And the obvious winner was Kip Sabian. It was via pinfall. Good clean win. I liked it. It was, it was great. It was, I mean, it's a great way to start the show. And to be honest, Sometimes I don't want the show to start so well, but it's the first pay-per-view, so I understand that they might want to head out of the park immediately. And after that, we have SCU, which is Christopher Daniel, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky, versus Zima, T-Hawk, and Linderman. I have not ever seen Linderman wrestle before. It's my first time. I've seen T-Hawk and Zima wrestle each other before, so I already know what to expect. SCU, of course, they deliver. It was a, this was one of those fast-paced Dragon Gate matches, especially with Cena. But with the new guys, the um, the so-called, I guess, the the Stronghearts, which is T Hawk and Linderman, they have a unique chemistry. It was like it's more of a, I got your back. Rather than high spots. And Sima is the vet. And I was hoping Sima would win this match. But, you know, this was a hell of a show. A lot of great spots. You know, Daniels did great. There wasn't really anything missing. There was a flow over DDT by Linderman. By Kasarian. And that was a great spot as well. And, you know, some double clotheslines. Setups. A lot of stuff were planned on, you know, choreographed smoothly and organically. And, of course... We know kind of win this with the Meltzer driver, which was SCU. Excuse me, and that was a great match. I didn't think 
you know, it's one of those things where uh, it's kind of like a double edge. You don't want to go too good too soon because if it starts to suck, you, you know, you, you left with a sour note. You remember the last match. But to be honest, it, it didn't go that route, so I'm kind of happy. And well, kudos to all of them. They still got it. Especially considering he looks young. He is. I'm surprised he's been in business over 20 years. Mm hmm. Okay, next match. We have Nala Rose versus Brick Baker. Kylie Ray and Brandy Rhodes, who came out. We all assumed that she was going to wrestle or interject herself a la Stephanie McMahon. But she didn't. And she actually introduced another veteran who I was very, very surprised. She actually came back. And ever since, you know, she was actually doing a good job in Hollywood on the TV show Glow. But awesome call and return. This match was actually pretty good. Uh, it wasn't where it was a letdown. That way, I wouldn't feel like money was gone, you know. But this match was surprising what women's match should have been. He had uh, two speeders, I want to call them that, and two powerhouses. So there was a perfect chemistry. And I'm surprised that Awesome Kong still has it. She, she, she grabbed people, she caught people off the ropes. Especially there's one spot where I think it was Kylie Kylie Ray who jumped off and did splash on all four of them. So that was um, kudos. Kylie Ray is like the happy-go-lucky type that way. I haven't not really seen her wrestle before. This is my first time. It was worth the it was worth the anticipation, the debut, I think. And the winner is Britt Baker. So that was kind of that, that was, this one was kind of obvious also. It didn't make any since they wouldn't be Britt Baker. Though, I mean, honestly, deep down, I actually want Awesome Kong to actually win this one. I like the fact that she never got her dues in WWE. She left TNA, you know, abruptly. Her, she had great feud with uh, Gail Kim. So in my honest opinion, I actually wanted Awesome Kong to take this match. So she has contention. But I'm, I'm fearing that she might just be here for one time only, so. I guess who knows but welcome back and the next match it was a tag match which is the best friends versus Jack Evans and Angelico I had never seen Angelico wrestle before and he is perfect chemistry with Jack Evans apparently they were tag team champions before and together in Triple A and this match was a transition match but it was still a great match overall Especially when you ever watch Jack Evans doing all those uh, breakdance type moves, it was worth it. And sometimes it was this this assistant flip by a helico where he did a 450 flip onto uh, his name Trent, I guess, from the Best Friends. But this match in general, it, it, it was worth watching. It was it was a transition match, but you didn't want to miss it either. So it, in a way, you, you might try to sit down and just ask for peanuts to come to you instead, rather than go to concession stands. I wouldn't recommend it, and this is actually one of those uh, high flyer matches that is perfect. It's done well, and it's a great angle for any invasion, which that's what happened after. Which I didn't like. I didn't, I had nothing against it, but it wasn't for me. But it was, it was like it was the lights went out, some demons came out and attacked them. I'm not familiar with them, so I guess there's a backstory to it. To be honest, I. Didn't care for it so much. It was a great wrestling match already. And then, I think, 
they're trying to do too much too quick being this is the first proper pay-per-view but i'm hoping in the future to kind of slow down a bit and give us more of a pace match wrestling style hardcore new japan style which we all you know grown to love and then after this oh by the way i'm the, the best friend wants that match so they finally saved for after this it was the great aja kong Yuka Sakasaki and Imi Sakura versus Hikaru Shida, Ryo Abe and Ryo Mizunami. I did not like this match though. It was it wasn't geared towards me. It was kind of the Japanese women's match. It, it they were not really a team. They were just a clash of three on three, randomly pick. And I, I did like some of it. I like Aja Kong. You know, she you watched her a long time ago, wrestle. So it was great to see her back. But to me, this wasn't really a match for me. It was more like a uh, exposure to other type of wrestlings out there in the world. And kudos to them for actually coming over here and showing their style. And of course the winner was Hikaru Shida, Abe, and Mizunami via pinball. Uh, these women is just, they're just hard. They're just very hardcore. So kudos to them and I think they should have another way of transitioning into AEW rather than you know just being introduced out of blue like this you know, you know build a storyline first hopefully they actually have a great competition that's not necessarily Japanese it's just maybe the American wrestlers will step up I'm showing the, the ropes the American style and then we transition to Cody with Brandy Rose versus Dustin Rhodes in my honest opinion, I thought this would be a WWE match. It wasn't. It wasn't. I expected to be a hardcore ROH type, TNA type, or ECW type. But actually, I was wrong. It was very, uh, very emotional type. It was the chemistry, the storyline. You know, the the build was actually done well. Even the intro itself was a shout out towards WWE. With the, the Celtic throne being crushed by Cody. If you ever seen the Triple H's intro with the throne before. It was very similar. And he just went over and grabbed a sledgehammer and smashed it. Which I thought was you know, was fate for you know, shots fired. I guess it's not pissant kind of company no more. And when the match started out, it was pretty intense. It was like, even, even with the shirts with the promo. Uh, you know, Dusty's favorite. It, Kind of draw the line a bit, you know, a bit rivalry, kind of felt too hard. And then this match itself, it was very bloody. A lot of blood. Uh, it was a spot where uh, Cody Rhodes uh, smashed Dustin Rhodes into the second turnbuckle and it was exposed prior to, you know, prior spot by Cody. And he hit his head on it and he went outside and of course, it might be blading involved, I'm not going to lie. It was... It was just a wrestling match where the blood has to draw some emotion towards it. But he was gushing out pints of blood. It was it was very bloody. The floor was all red. And then in, in, there was another spot where Cody just grabbed Dustin's blood and wiped his chest on it. Kind of like what Jerry Lynn did with RVD. So it was one of those emotional matches. Overall, this match was very, very good. It was surprisingly good. Dustin... Still has it. He almost did a uh, Canadian destroyer, but it was a flip. 
drop, you know, he dropped it on his neck, and it was overall just for like surprise factor. This old man who's 50 years old still has it. So the winner of that match, of course, is Cody. But here's the thing: he came back in the ring, hugged his brother in tears, and pretty much asked his brother to be his tag team partner in Fighter Fest coming up. So that was a good way to promote the next pay-per-view. And it's, it's nice to see them back together. I wonder if he ever do the, the Stardust gimmick again. Or a transition, AEW version of it. And then we all go straight into the introduction of the AEW Heavyweight Championship belt. And guess who was there to introduce it? The Hitman himself, Bret Hart. This was very surprising. I didn't think he would ever be beating outside WWE. But then again, I said the same thing when he went to WCW. So that was, that was surprising that it was him that came out and showcased the belt. The belt, by the way, looks freaking amazing. It is gold, very gold, shiny, platinum, prestige, big. Because I saw the Hitman carry it. It, was, it seemed like it was too heavy for his hand. So... That's a heavyweight belt, and it has no coloring, which I like. It's, it's subtle, but it shows that it has a lot of you know, elegance with it. Also, a lot of prestige. It was a simple gold and black, kind of like the old days of uh, what Ric Flair did with his WCW gold belt. Kudos! I actually like the fact that they're going back to old school with this. And of course, next match we have this most one of the most anticipated match of all was Matt Jackson and excuse me and Nick Jackson the Young Bucks wrestling the other brothers Pentagon and Ray Phoenix this was a high speed match it was a lot of spots a lot of similar styles a lot of momentum a lot of flips a lot of uh, cues that were planned perfectly and I would have to say this was my favorite match of the night As, especially Phoenix being that he, he's not the liar of the two and he still does stuff that's beyond crazy and his chemistry with his brother Phoenix is amazing uh, Pentagon I'm, I'm sorry Pentagon I mean I mean and then the Jacksons of course they've been together forever and they're only 29 years old so they have all those years of experience and they're this young so they have time to improve though I have to note that Matt Jackson just came out of uh, an injury from his shoulder or back I think lower back and he still has signs of pain but he went through it kudos tough man it was the best tag team match I've seen all year so far besides that one it was ironically it was LAX versus Phoenix and Pentagon so this might have Eclipsed it or you know, stole their thunder away, ironically. And of course, the winner of this match is the Young Bucks. And it was expected, it was a great match. And I, I, I would actually, honest, honestly, I want to see the AAA tag team go back to Mexico and to the, the Mexican champions, Pentagon and Phoenix. And you know, but then again, it was an American audience, so they might find a way to go back to Mexico and showcase. And hopefully, they went back there. That way, it's towards the Mexican crowd, and this this match was this how a tag team match should have been. It, I'm surprised it wasn't the main event, and it turned out to be the next match instead. But overall, it was a fantastic match. 
course, we get to the final match, which is Jericho versus Kenny Omega. I honestly had um, had like apprehensions about this match, mainly because uh, they've done it already, and to do it again in American audience, I had my doubts, but but there was some surprising stuff. You know, Jericho did. There's one where Jericho was on the ropes in the middle of the ropes, and Kenny was about to do a V trigger. He did it, but Omega got caught by Jericho's arm, and he countered it. He actually intercepted his V trigger, and that was an amazing. Round. And he tried to convert it to the Lion Tamer, which was a fantastic conversion. And this match was all New Japan style. It was hard hitting. It was a lot of, lot of strong style involved. Jericho still has it. And of course the win of this match via pinfall is Chris Jericho. So I guess we now we know that it's going to be Chris Jericho versus Adam Page for the AEW World Championship. I'm looking forward to it, but at the same time, I, I wish there was a, a way for it to be a, a triple threat. But then again, who knows? Wrestling changed all the time in the storyline. And of course, the most anticipated debut, surprise debut of all, John Moxley, aka Dean Ambrose from WWE. It was surprising because his, the way he left WWE was kind of pleasant, it was nice, it was a good set off. And this time, he actually just debuted out the crowd. A, a little bit of uh, homage towards Razor or Scott Hall and WCW. But he reenacted. We know he's part of the AEW. And there was a spot where he just jumps in, attacks Jericho, and then he's gonna attack Omega. Omega Khan pushed him out to the ring. They went to, all the way to the poker chips, which was a, a prop, life-size uh, poker chips, and they used it. And, he, and I want to say Ambrose, John Moxley, DT Omega on, thus ending the pay-per-view. Overall, this pay-per-view, I, I find it a bit uh, wishy-washy as in terms of hypes, but all those matches were great, and I wish that the card was in different orders, that way it builds towards their last great match, which in my opinion, I thought was the Young Bucks and Pentagon and Ray Phoenix. But I, I see why they did it that way, just because to debut John Moxley. But at the same time, it's it's it felt like they kind of betrayed what they were trying to say was the tag team was the main event. And if you know, it's kind of like what CM Punk said: the last match is the main event. So uh, I don't know what to say about that. To be honest, I, I wish he would still come in in the middle of that match, but make the Young Bucks versus Pentagon. And Ray Phoenix, the final match still. Overall, this was a great introduction of the pay-per-view. Shots were fired as WWE. And there was a lot of, uh, a lot of high spots. A lot of fantastic wrestling. A lot of good emotional storyline between the, the roads. And it was actually just a fun show. And the most important thing I missed, they actually came back. It was kind of weird. Even though all those dangerous stuff that happened with it before was Pyro and it, it was a great timing of the Pyro with the National Anthem being sang 
and uh, hopefully we can see WWE step it up a little bit. Hopefully on Raw this Monday morning, they, they show some stuff that hey, uh, we got competition, we got move up now. So I'm hoping that WWE improve also. So in a way, all fans should actually be looking forward to AEW. Even if you're a WWE fan only, this this will help make this show better. This will help you know bring competition. So I'm all for that. It, I guess a lot of people saying it's a solid ten. I give it more of a ten in some matches, five and six and some. Uh, yeah, so overall it's a B plus show. But the four great matches alone is worth it. Some stuff was just fillers, you know, just the way wrestling is. And a lot of surprises. Bret Hart came back. Awesome Kong came back. And John Moxley debuted. So there you go, three surprises. And hopefully, hopefully, AEW keeps a man going. And that's my personal opinion on it. That way, WWE could step it up and make sure their legacy continues on. Because I do not want to see WWE falter. And to be honest, I'd rather have two major wrestling companies than one. One that's about to be, you know, slowly fade away. That's my opponent's opinion. And good night, everybody. Have a good Memorial Day weekend. I'm out.